Hello, and welcome back to the Not For Profits podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Trina Parham. And I'm David Devon. And this is the place where we, two seasoned professionals in the nonprofit industry, come to talk about our experiences as nonprofit leaders and um, to talk about the, the behind the scenes, the spill the tea, everything that um, we know that we experience as black leaders in this industry. So that is what we talk about here. And today we are talking about, what's the topic for today? Today we're talking about what are different needs that black professionals have in the nonprofit space. And so I think there's a lot, a lot of needs that we have and that leaders have. Um, now me having stepped out of that and, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur, I, but I work with nonprofit leaders and so do you, David. And so yes. um, I think just talking a little bit about what we needed and I think about what I needed as a leader at the time in a nonprofit and what my clients need now and what other leaders, even just peers, folks that I know that are still in these roles, what do they need? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So I, I'm, I'm excited about this topic and I think um, I'd love to hear from you first, Trina, what, and maybe this is a good way to think about like when you were coming in to that last job where we both where we knew each other. Yeah. What what was kind of on your list of like, oh, I need this from here. And then when you were on your way out and as we discussed in another episode, you know, burnt out and, and, and exhausted, what did you need? So when I when I started at my last job, for me it was just about a paycheck that made sense. Um, I was coming off of being full-time in a previous business. So I had been a relationship coach and I was doing it full-time and decided that I wanted to get out of that business, but I didn't know what I wanted to do next. And so that meant I had to go back to work while I figured it out. And so um, the main thing for me was working someplace, doing something where I could be a content expert. Well, not a, not a contact not a content expert at the time. I was more thinking of the skill set that I had and how I could put it to use someplace while I figured out my next move. Mm. So that was really what I wanted. And then, you know, I you know, got promoted and moved up and all sorts of things. And so I think my thing was, because I had worked in city government previous to that, so I, I wasn't expected to be, um, you know, treated just like a golden child or given so much, <laughs> but I also felt like, but don't treat me bad either. Yes. You know, I'm like, I'm here to work. I'm going to do my gig and go home. Mm -hmm. Um, but as I, as I moved up and in, into more of leadership positions, um, the thing that I needed was, um, I needed, I needed space to just rock and do my thing. Um, but also being supported in the decisions that I was making. And um, that did not happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and not, and not in, in a lot of ways it didn't. And then by the time I left, uh, what I needed was um, people to be fired. Mm -hmm. um, I want to say that up front, off top. Yes. I, I needed people to be fired who were deliberately causing harm not only to me but colleagues and people on my team um I needed more pay I was not being paid fairly and was told that um the reasons why were completely personal 
Mm. (laughs) and had nothing to do with my actual performance. And that was a huge issue for me. Now, granted, um, I would have left anyway at some point, but that the burnout is really what pushed me out the door. Um, in addition to these issues with bad bosses, (laughs) um, and the environment. Um, but that is what I needed. I think it, it got to a point where, um, I just had a target on my back and everything I did became an incident. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I needed to not have that happen. And so you were a great support to me, um, along with a couple of others. Um, and then once you left and (laughs) it was just like all bets were off (laughs) and it just became really difficult, uh, to, to keep going. Mm -hmm. So what about you? Yeah, yeah. I think when I started in my last nonprofit role, I think what I was looking for was a place to exercise, you know, my knowledge, um, make sure I was being impactful, especially for black and brown people, marginalized people as it related to, you know, the work. So I think it was much more about like, what is the impact I can have? How can I be in a place that will allow me to do that and to grow, you know, also to grow to a place where I can grow in terms of power, in terms of leadership and influence. And I was able to do that. But through that trajectory, it was very clear that I became a threat, (laughs) that I became too much, that I became a problem. Um, you know, that, that thing that many black people experience in the nonprofit sector, it's like, okay, have that amazing lens for systems, for inequity, for solutions, but that you can only use that externally. If you try to use that internally, you're, it's going to be a problem. Oh, forget it. (laughs) (laughs) So detonating like a bomb. Yes. So I think when I first started, it was like that. But then when I was leaving, I just wanted people to be real. I wanted people to be real about why are you here? Um, what is this compensation? What is this, you know, Fabergé egg of a nonprofit where it's glitz and glam on the outside and hollow on the inside? Like, I wanted realness so that I could understand what did I sign up for? What are the idiosyncrasies of uh, the challenges that existed? And not be kind of sold a bill of goods, but then, you know, of all this like support and this and we're here for you and this is what's possible and then not be experiencing that. So I think that there was, felt like I was in this, you know, purgatory of like, what is this place? And I'm, and I'm, you know, people like you and and others are really helpful to, to recognize like, oh, there's things that are definitely wrong here. Um... But ultimately, it was much more at the end about my own well-being and getting that paycheck and one that was adequate for my work and less about I can be part of saving the world and exercising my brilliance and blah, 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 blah. Like that was not what I was concerned (laughs) about on the way out. Yes. Um, And it's so interesting the way that shifts 
like the longer that you stay someplace and you you see how the sausage is made, you know how they do business, you know how how deals get made, you know how people get promoted, how they really get promoted, you know, behind the scenes, regardless of who applies for a position, you know, mm-hmm. all those things that you begin to see and it makes you question so many things. Yes. And I think that's that's something that um the more that you work in this field, um, if you if you've got your light on and you're paying attention, um, that's something that you pay attention that you look out for. Now, I know for me, um, I had no I was under no illusion about um, who these people are um, and how I was going to be treated. Um, like I said, the main thing was, you know, pay me what I'm worth. Give me space to do what I do. And and I go home. Yes. And I didn't, I had no expectations for them to be this, um, I don't know, not not a savior, but to, to really be supportive in a way. I, I Like I said, my thing was just don't cause me harm. Yes. But I never expected them to be, and I don't, and, and this might be just from my own experience, to um, be really supportive mm-hmm. um, in... And achieving whatever the goal was or my own personal my own personal goals um, and how I wanted to either move up the ladder or whatever it is that I wanted to achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so when they were disappointing in that way, it didn't matter to me because I didn't expect that from them. But um, I think where I struggled and where I needed more support was when I felt like I was being targeted despite doing my job and not, at least from my perspective, doing anything that I felt like was inflammatory or caused, you know, the, the vitriol that I got back did not match anything that I said or did. Mm-hmm. And granted, I had experienced that before, but I think that compounded with the burnout that I was experiencing and so many other personal things that I was going through made that really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I think for me and and what you're speaking about, I did start, even though I started, you know, in a almost volunteer part-time position and then made my way up to a director, I think, and in multiple places, I think that the thing that I've recognized is that I had a lot of privilege, especially being a man, um, being one of few black men and how I was pushed forward and recognized, but that there was this Icarus effect, that mm. the closer I got to the sun, to the you know leadership, management, the board, et cetera, the more that me speaking my mind or me bringing my lens was seen as a threat. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember asking pointed questions in a director's meeting or in a board meeting and people looking at me like, why are you... <laughs> Why are you being real with us? Why are you, this is all a show. Don't you know that? Um, So that, I think I was naive or I, I, I got um, a lesson in what you had experienced previously. It it became very clear that if I continue to operate the way I would operate, people would strategically try to make sure I, I failed. Mm. Um, and that became more and more evident from things with my boss to me bringing up important things about the staff in meetings where no one would say anything, the other directors. And then afterward, 
afterwards, six, seven, eight, ten of them would be like, yes, thank you so much for bringing that up. I didn't know what to say in the moment, but that's really important. And it just became more and more clear that, to your point, uh, they're not actually about the mission. They're about the fundraising and the marketing. Right. Um, and so, you know, given that, what, what, what are you seeing happening with, with black leaders right now? You know, where we are in you know, middle of 2023, um, still the pandemic's still real, but, you know. I, I think it's, uh, it's, it's a mixed bag. I, I am seeing a lot of black leaders who are realizing that they are burned out and that they're realizing that the system doesn't work but they care about the mission. They care about the ultimate um, social cause that wherever they work was um, that they're that they're supposedly working towards. Yes. And so I think that's something. Um, and I, I think there's this we're having this moment where um, a lot of people are being honest with themselves or getting more honest with themselves about the stress and pressure that they're under. They're getting more honest about how they're being treated by these organizations, an organization that you think you go into for altruistic reasons, because let's face it, you're not going into nonprofits to become a millionaire. Mm -hmm. Um, Although you can make a livable wage and do pretty well, depending on the size of the nonprofit, but you're not going in there to really make money. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just not, well, most people. Um, and it's, it's not a moneymaker. I mean, it's yes. just not in terms of a career. It's not a moneymaker. Um, and so I, I think a lot of leaders are starting to ask these questions. But I, I do think that people are getting stuck, though. I think a lot of leaders are getting stuck in the old ways and the old ideas of how you have to do function, be professional, code switch, all of those things. And there are some people that are making their way out of that. But it's like, what is the answer? Mm-hmm. And we haven't really come to an answer. And so what I'm seeing is having these circuitous conversations around leadership that lead to nowhere. Yes. And it is incredibly frustrating for me. And so I, I do try to um, to present a third pathway. And by the third pathway, I mean, what is a way in which you can do work that you care about, make an impact in the way that you want to, and still live your life and be able to take care of yourself without having to work in a hostile environment that you know really doesn't actually care about the thing that they say they care about. Yeah. And all of those factors together, it's it's complicated, and I can't say that I have it all figured out, but I, I think for me what is most important is that we just be at the edge of the real conversation mm-hmm. that we need to be having even if we don't have an answer, even if we need to build a bridge, but we don't exactly know how to do it, at least we know we need to build a bridge. Yes. And by that, I mean, we're no longer pretending that the way that nonprofits function and serve black leaders actually works because it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And since we know that now, what do we do? Yes. Yes. So. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. Um, I think the very, very similar, uh, that if there was any, um, you know, rose color glasses or whatever you want to call it that people had leading into March, uh, 2019 or sorry to March, 2020, um, 
the pandemic, the continued pandemic laid bare that a lot of these organizations are not about what they say they're about, that it is very hard to go and be, you know what, I'm here to make a paycheck. I'm here to connect with the people I care about, the community I care about and go home that especially for black leaders and all the additional pressures that emerged around their identity within these organizations and the, and the additional expectations, it's very hard to just go in, do your job and go home Mm. because people will find out ways to target you, throw you under the bus, uh, that whole glass cliff effect, promote you or give you initiatives that are ways so that, that are, um, where it's very hard to actually be successful and then blame you for not being successful. Yes, that happens a lot. Yes, so there's the people that I'm working with and speaking with are are recognizing that this is not sustainable (laughs) um, in terms of their own, in terms of where they want to be to achieve the impact they, they seek, but they're real about the needs of the paycheck, all of their responsibilities, the networks they've built. And so they are in that that difficult being pulled in multiple directions. Some are actually leaving. Mm -hmm. Some are trying different paths, whether it's entrepreneurship, whether it's other sectors. Um, That's another thing that people are realizing, like through all this additional work, I think there's there's a change in the framing of, oh, they need me. I don't need them Mm. (laughs) and recognizing their skills, recognizing what they bring, um, trying to climb out of all of the, um, just the, the detrimental language and treatment that makes some people feel worthless. Like they aren't intelligent, like they don't have a lot to bring that, that through this, these last couple of years, people are recognizing all the skills that they have, um, that are very valuable and will be valued differently um, in other spaces. And people are also starting to clock, like the, as we've discussed, who are the, even the people we're working with? Right. That they're the people that I'm here, I'm all about the mission, I'm all about my people, I actually come from people that are directly impacted, and I'm going to do this work forever because I know it. And then the people that were directly impacted have not been for decades, <laughs> but think they know what's going on and Im- they're imposing their view on what happened in the eighties or seventies on what's happening in 2023 and have not checked in, don't know what's going on now, but just keep that, that narrative in their head. There are the people where it's like, Hey, this is a good story. I'm doing this altruistic work. I'm doing this charity work. I'm doing whatever it is. And I get to talk about it because my spouse, whoever, my family has a lot of money. We're in finance. We have, you know, neo-slavery holdings. You know, we're (laughs) we're (laughs) we're keep we're keeping it going. And this is a great thing to help me go to sleep at night. And then there are people literally who are there to monitor black and brown people, to monitor marginalized people who come with a framing of waste, fraud, and abuse who just want to uh, uh, hamstring, you know, charity, nonprofit, uh, social justice work because they think that the people involved and the directly impacted people are undeserving. And so people are just having 
those realizations and then realizing who are your allies, who are not, who do you need to be careful of. Um, and that having this nice dressing of the mission doesn't mean much at the end of the day. Right. And so what then becomes the, the role of black leaders in nonprofits? What is it that is now expected of them given this scenario? Because I, I, I think a lot of it is still, and then I think we have to be asking the question around, um, do, does the current structure of nonprofits actually work? And it's, it's hard because, again, I know a lot of us, both of us included, we really do care about community. We care about our people. We care about people. We care about the state of this world, you know, and whatever our particular mission is, um, we really do deeply care about that thing. And we want to see changes made um, so that people are are healthy, are well-fed, are able to take care of themselves and live their lives. I mean, these are things that we care about equity, we care about equality. We care about all these things. We care about opportunity, you know. And so it's it's a heavy cross to bear while also trying to live your life and do the things that you want to do just for yourself that are pleasurable and enjoyable. And so I, I think the so the the question that I that I am that I often think about is, you know, do do black leaders stay in the nonprofit space? And look, I know many people will. Mm-hmm. Um, and as opportunities open up, you know, it's they're, they're going to stay. But I think when you recognize how detrimental a lot of these organizations have been to the communities, to the people that work within them, what do you do with that information? Yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's a big, <laughs> it's a big question and I think that the way that I've been, the way that I've operated and the way that I know different leaders have operated have been, you know, I'm recognizing what and who this institution is. I'm recognizing what their priorities are and ultimately who they serve in terms of the donors, the, you know, the board, the, the peer organizations. And so what can I do within my sphere of influence that is infused with emotional intelligence, that is infused with care, that the operating principle is not, is this necessary, just get it done, Um, that you're trying to bring a level of awareness and empathy to your team and to your sphere of influence in recognition that, you know, work still has to get done, you know, the evaluation report still needs to get written, all of that stuff, but not trying to take all of the toxicity and the venom from the top and just disperse it amongst your team. Right. <laughs> you know, that not just let it roll, roll downhill and, or be amplified. And so I'm not telling people this is how you save the organization. <laughs> uh, you know, this is how you take down the leadership because that on top of everything else is too much. But I'm saying, you know, how are you thinking about the way that you show up? How are you thinking about what you can get out of this organization, whether it's a certificate, a degree, 
the peer relationships that you want to build, uh, external organizational relationships. What are the things that are right for you um, that allow you to show up for your team in the best way, but also are setting yourself up uh, for whatever your career might take you in the future? Um, because we're not as individuals, yes, collectively we're moving things forward, but as individuals within these many times large organizations, there's only so much we can take on. Um, and and I, I know that, Trina, you're having conversations and, and speaking with people about, you know, like you said, the third path, the what else, you know, where do people go, where do they in, in invest that is beyond this um, philanthropic structure yes. <laughs> of the way the nonprofit operates. Yes, it's. Um, I, I think it's it's an important question because I I feel as though um, as more and more Black leaders in the nonprofit uh, space um, begin to have these conversations, the logical conclusion for many will be, I need to get out. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to be honest about what that can look like. Um, and how how best to support people as they as they work through that. I, I think for me, um, the thing that I really want people to to be aware of are are those questions. I, I think there's a practical side of hey, if you need a job, you need to make money, you need all these things, and also this other side, you can still be in the hard questions without leaving your job. You can still be asking questions of the organization that you work for of nonprofits in general uh, and whether or not they're actually doing good work and how they're treating the, their staff, you can actually be in those questions. And then if, as a leader, you know, doing what you can to, um, to improve um, the conditions within your, within your realm of, of control and influence um, for your teams. And I think David, you said something really important that it's really important as a leader to not let the toxicity roll downhill. It's important that you not um, become the, that you not become the aggressor, mm -hmm. <laughs> that you not take on the cloak of whatever your bosses or whatever the institution is doing that you know is not right. If you know that um, the organization that you work for, for example, um, doesn't give people flexibility, but you have the ability to give your team flexibility, give your team flexibility. Mm -hmm. You know, and and sometimes I think as a leader, you, you have to go first. It's just the way it is. Like, you, you can't always go... And then you can't always um, go with the flow and the status quo. Sometimes you really just have to go first. You have to step out there and do something different that you know is ultimately going to help people. And again, that comes with a warning because sometimes that will um, that will put a target on your back, you know. And so it's it's not a fun position. <laughs> it's not a fun position to be in, but it is a necessary one. Mm -hmm. And so I think that is important to consider. Um, as you work um, in nonprofits. Yeah, yeah. Any final thoughts on this, David? Yeah, I would, I would just say, uh, just given my own experience um, and what you just shared, Trina, about having a target on your back, that be very, very aware of the implications of trying to call your organization on their stuff. 
you showing up in leadership meetings, you holding meetings outside of the organization, you going around being strategic, gaining allies to try to, you know, push for change. Um, there will be blowback <laughs> and it's, it's a challenge. It's, it's a serious challenge. I'm not saying that you shouldn't take it on, but uh, recognize that you're, you're going against momentum that's been in place way before the organization was even established of the way that things are done, um, who holds power, who gets 3,000 chances, who fails up. And it took me a while to, to, to recognize that and to even understand the implications of what I thought were simple questions. Um, and so, yeah, just, you know, making sure that you're aware if you decide to push for organizational change, whether it's formally or informally, because as Trina was saying, you need to make sure that you're okay first. Um, you know, like they say in the planes, you know, put your oxygen mask on first before you put on anyone else. Absolutely. That uh, you need to be okay in order to show up for your team, your family, community, etc. Um, what about for you, Trina? Words. Um, I, I think you said it all. Honestly, <laughs> I, I, I think just knowing that, um, thinking about yourself. And first, you and your family and what you need. And, and sometimes that will mean making decisions that you might not necessarily want to make. Sometimes you do have to stay in a role or in a job until you find the next best thing. Um, and but I, but I do think, as I've said before, it's important to be asking yourself the right questions. And I think that will lead you to whatever you need to do next. And whether that means surviving where you are or stepping out and going someplace else or taking the third path and doing your own thing, it really is up to you. But you have to be asking the right set of questions so that you can come to the right conclusion for you. And there is no judgment on what you choose. Um, you know, David and I were here to support um, to support folks um, on all of those pathways. But um, I think you, you have to really be honest with yourself about that. And to know that, um, you know, many of these organizations are not designed for you to thrive. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I want to I believe that there's some that are. I really do want to believe that. But um, you just have to do what's right for yourself. I think that's the most important thing. Yes. Well said. Um, so think we're going to wrap it up here yeah, yeah um that's all for for today thank you so much for listening and um yeah till next time yes thank you so much <laughs>